Hello and welcome to this episode of Critics on a Bus, the podcast where two best friends review the latest films and talk film theory. So, here we are, episode two. Where are we, Cameron? We are together in Newcastle, um, where Paul lives. Yes, I live in Newcastle and Cameron lives in Birmingham. Yes. So why are you up here? Um, I'm here for my job. I work for um, HMCTS, Her Majesty's Court Stubborn Services, so I'm here... um, for uh, two days to deliver training so we thought we'd take the opportunity whilst we're in the same city to record a podcast together not over the internet so this should be fun it should be and we are reviewing one film in particular and that film is official secrets yes so when did you see official secrets i saw official secrets friday night the 18th of october Yep, and uh, I saw it on the 19th. I saw it at a matinee showing, which was at 2.50 in the afternoon. And my wife and I, who were both 24, drastically brought down the average age of the people in that cinema. It was... We're talking kind of 70 plus all round. So uh, I, I thought that we had gone to like a special screening. But like... <laughs> no, I had, I had a very, we had a very similar experience. Me and my wife both went to see Official Secrets together. And even though we were at 8 o'clock, like the last showing of the day, there was a considerable older viewership of this film. So we felt very young. Too um, many uh, young people blowing their money on Gemini Man. Yeah, uh, or <laughs> Maleficent 2 or something. Yeah, like something unimportant yeah. like that. So, Official Secrets is the story of Iraq War whistleblower Catherine Gunn, who leaked GCHQ files revealing prospective blackmail tactics to be used by the UK and the US at the UN to force a war resolution through for the Iraq war. Uh, Catherine Gunn is played by Kira Knightley, fantastically, I might add as well, and we'll, we'll come on to that. Yeah. But the film has an all-star cast. You've got Matt Smith, you've got Ralph Fiennes, so Voldemort in there, you've got Matthew Good, who is in The Imitation Game, who's in The Crown. You've got Catherine Kelly, you've got Conleth Hill, who a lot of people might know from Game of Thrones. He plays Varys got Reese Eifens, you've got Tamsin Craig, Greg. I just realised this actually. Her name is Tamsin Greg with like a G. Interesting. And who, by the way, side note, studied at the University of Birmingham, the greatest university <laughs> of all time. Uh, and it is directed by Gavin Hood, who directed one film that we both love, and that is Eye in the Sky. That is... That is, says it all. That, that, says, that it says it all, really. And this is of similar quality yes of similar quality so what were your thoughts leading up to this so um the funny thing is is i was the only one interested in seeing this film of the the four of us both me and paul mm-hmm. and our wives i was like let's go see a for secrets and everyone's like what um because um if you haven't seen the film on the sky um what are you doing in your life go and see it it's it is amazing um it'll blow your mind and people don't believe me when i say it will but it will it's one of the only times i was left with my jaw dropped genuinely dropped um and it's alan rickman's last alan rickman's film last um, fantastic phys- one to end on yeah, last like physical performance but um building up to this i was interested because i really like um i really like real life stories i think ever since spotlight in 2015 2016 um, real stories um, have been great. 
the films are really taking really good, solid stories that are in our history, in our past, and making incredible films and highlighting really um, powerful stories that are happening mm-hmm. in in the world. So I, I've been very interested in watching kind of um, non-fictional films because they show a really interesting side to just the way the world works and the stories that we don't hear of, that we might not hear of, like Catherine Gunn. I mean, we were under 10 mm-hmm. when, when, when the film 10. is set. So we're mm-hmm. both under 10. So this is in our history. This is our past. But have you heard of Catherine Gunn before you saw the film? I didn't know her name until no. I wikipedia her and she did. She did an incredible thing, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get into in the, in, in the review. But we want we we she's an unsung hero, someone we ne- we don't know about. So I I really want to see this film because one Iron the Sky by Gavin Hood incredible. So this is obviously going to be an amazing film, and two just the the caliber of non-fictional films have been fantastic recently. So I'm really excited yeah. to see it. Yeah, and you certainly had a lot more thoughts than I did leading up. I my 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 wife and I we finished watching a film on Friday evening. And you told us that we should go and watch Official Secrets. We then got up the trailer on the TV, watched the trailer. And then because you had given us such a sterling recommendation, we then booked tickets on our phones right there and then. And then went and saw it the Saturday after that. But prior to that, I didn't even know it was... I didn't even know it was around. I no might have scrolled past it on something. But given the the people that are that are in it, you'd think that it would be a lot more... Publicized. I mean, you've got big, not just kind of like big names in the UK, you've got internationally huge names there. Kira Knightley, Ralph Fiennes, even Matt Smith these days is... He's is, big in America. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, like and because of the crowd. Yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, but I didn't have any massive thoughts going into the film. And I, I purposefully didn't look into the history of what it was about properly mm just so there would be some unknown element to it. But if you're listening and you are aware who Catherine Gunn is or you are aware of uh, the GCHQ leak in the lead-up to the Iraq war, then, of course, the substance of the film isn't going to be, like, a huge surprise to you. No. But it's still a fantastic watch. And let's maybe talk about that. Let's talk a bit more about this this story. Talk about what we liked, what we would have changed... um, the actual film itself. The actual film itself. So, <clears throat> what I really liked about this film is... Oh, and spoilers. Uh, yeah, of course. We have seen the film. We will be talking about everything in all aspects, including what happens to Catherine Gunn. So if you haven't seen the film, again, pause the podcast, go and watch it. It's under two hours and come back. And if you are aware of the history, then this really isn't going to be that detrimental. No. All you'll hear about, though, is how it's portrayed in yes. the film. So if you don't want to hear that, then switch off. Go watch it. And come back. Yeah. Yeah. Switch off, go watch it and never come back. (laughs) So, um, I thought the film was good to start off with. So, it was, it's filmed very, it's very focused on the people, which as it should be, this is a, this is a character driven film. Um, 100% about the situations they face in the moral dilemmas they're facing in the time of war. Um, and the film focuses on those people in its entirety, I th- which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it really gives Keira Knightley a performance, uh, performance where she can shine mm-hmm. and really portray um, 
the moral complexions of what she's deciding to do um, really highlights media. Absolutely. And how they portray what's going on, which we which we will get onto, but it, it hugely reflects today's society. Yeah. I thought it was very poignant that it comes out at, at this time in the UK. Absolutely. Um, and the film was paced really well mm-hmm. built up fantastically um and if you don't know how it ends really suspenseful mm-hmm. i think me and my wife we had no idea who Catherine gun was we had no idea even what happens to her um and so the whole way up leading to what happens so when she she whistle blows and she releases the memo to her friends and the anti-war movement against Iraq. And it gets into the media and the whole situation around the observer being pro-war versus anti-war and how they convince the observer to change the stance on the war funded by the government, in essence. Um, and then taking it on to confessing that she is the whistleblower and then you knowing that she's going to be charged and tried and having, a, having a, um, an immigrant husband... Um, and the danger she puts him in by doing this and the real like cloak and dagger stuff that yeah. happens to him yeah. um, and just the whole thing it's really suspenseful because I, I was genuinely I was like is she going to be committed for tre- is she going to tried for treason is she going to you know go spend the rest of her life in prison what's going to happen to her and I, I had no idea and that creates great suspense mm. and I remember my wife remarking in the cinema she's like I'm so nervous right now you know, <laughs> as the, as the film builds up, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's not an all action, all guns blazing film. Yeah. It's very, very dialogue, story, and character driven, and it and it's knitted together so well that you're just kind of caught up in the emotions of the entire film, and I think it's fantastic. I completely agree. I think that it's a wonderfully made movie, and like you described it. It builds tension very, very well, which we should expect, given that it's from the director of Eye in the Sky, yeah. an incredibly tense film. I, It's very bleak, and it has that kind of classic, you know, um, dark overtone to it, and... It's filmed almost grey, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it could be like a David Fincher movie, it could be like The Social Network, or Gone Girl, or something like that. It's got that kind of very fashionable these days type type of dark overcast look to it but it does generate a mood um and that mood is one of suspense it's the the parts that i found really compelling and the parts that i think were where the movie was at its strongest was when it was looking at the impact that this act was having on Catherine gunn's personal life and particularly the storyline with the husband. Mm. And so there's a particular part of the film where her husband goes into a police station for something else, but ends up being arrested and taken for deportation, and she has zero contact with him. And she's frantically trying to get contact with someone who can stop him from being flown off. And it's all very unjust, and it's all very... um, tense and it's it's it really does make you reflect it makes you think these are you know I, I i haven't looked up the history of it all but i from what i have looked up it does seem like she was 
put in a lot of difficult personal situations simply for what, at least to us, and what definitely seems objectively like doing the right thing, mm. for obeying her conscience and making public uh, something that really was unacceptable for, for, for governments to be considering. We're talking blackmail, we're talking trying to push through a war based on insufficient evidence. And yeah, I felt really caught up in like the injustice of it all. I felt, I felt very uh, righteous, you know, righteously rageful watching it. Um, and a lot of the reason why it generates that is of course story, is writing, but is the central performance of Kira Knightley. I don't know if you want to swing on over to that. What what were your thoughts on on her performance? I think it was really real. Right. I think you know she had the whole thing of where whenever she'd watch um, Blair or Bush or um, Senator Powell on TV, she'd shout at the TV. That's just that's a false information. You're lying. You're lying to the people. And it's like who hasn't sat watched the news, watched Brexit watch anything and not shout at the TV and shout mm. at the news. They're like, you're flipping lying. It's ridiculous. What? You, why is no one reacting to this? And mm-hmm. I thought it was very real. And it was great to see that it, she plays the reluctant hero very well. Yes. You know, Catherine Gunn isn't someone who... Went um, for the spotlight, yeah. for the attention. For the... You know, she obviously didn't want to be named as the source of the leak. Um, and... You know, she was incredibly brave, mm-hmm. considering that she knew that she was breaking the law. Mm-hmm. She was breaking the official secrets acts, which yep. is why it's called official secrets, because she, uh, as as her job in the GCHQ, yep, GCHQ, GCHQ, she, you know, she's under the official secrets act, so she can't discuss what she does, and she breaks that because it's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. because governments are asking other governments to gain information to blackmail other people. Mm-hmm. And to swing things in their favor, um, and I think that's really great of her. And I think um, Kira does that performance really well. It's very believable. Yeah, and it's very solemn. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's almost like she. It, it's weird because she doesn't really. She never cries in the movie until the very mm. end when a single tear mm. comes down, and I think that's very real. Like you wouldn't just break down with this sort of bravery mm. you would just be very sort of like whirlwind mm-hmm. stressed think, yeah, yeah the whole thing is just really good she's always just very very real about the whole thing which I really enjoy it kind of gives it like a you're not thinking wow you're being over the top here you're being mm-hmm. dramatic for the sake of the film it's very much like yeah this is how people react in these situations I really bought into the performance myself I I believed that she had a moral conundrum. I believed that this was playing on her conscience. I believed that she wasn't looking for attention. I, I bore into it fully. What I will say is that I don't know that she will get an Oscar nomination. And if she does, I don't reckon that she will win. And unfortunately for me, that's, that's an issue with the Academy as far as I'm concerned. I feel like because, like you say, she doesn't cry, because there isn't um, a ridiculous, over-the-top, 
you know, breakdown because she doesn't, you know, you don't see snot coming out of her nostrils and she, like, didn't, like, lose weight and shave her head and, you know, really go for it and whatnot. Because of that, I would not be surprised if this gets passed over at the Oscars. I don't think it should because it was so believable and it was so real of performance from her and that's why people are talking about it. But I'm just saying, for that reason, it wouldn't surprise me if she doesn't... I, I, this, this film is going to get snubbed at the Oscars like like I'm the Sky. It's one right. of those incredible films which no one will see mm. in the UK. Um, I think it came out early in America already, right. but in the UK it came out the same day as Maleficent Two, and it's around the Gemini Man, which apparently is terrible. We've not seen that, but, mm. like that. Like, but the it, big popcorn movies. Yeah, it came out the huge blockbusters. And it's, it's like I'm the Sky. I saw I'm the Sky in the cinema on the very last day or the very last showing in Birmingham. And I regret it. Because I would have gone back again and again to see that film because it was incredible. This is one of those films that no one sees unless you're really into film. And it's incredible. And you walk away questioning your choices, thinking it's amazing. Um, and the Academy will watch over it because it wasn't a fancy la da Like, it wasn't, you know, about other things. It wasn't like, uh, you know, someone did dramatic examples of acting like you said um, it was just incredibly realistic performance and it's going to get snubbed and I think it's a shame because this is real art this it's is a, real it's like, a subtle piece of cinema that's yeah. really just really powerful good, yeah. and it's going to get ignored and, and that mm-hmm. is a massive shame it is no it definitely is and that's part of the charitable work that we try and do here on Critics on the Bus. We try and raise awareness <laughs> yes. for less fortunate films. Yes. So, it's not always going to be the blockbusters we review. It's going to be the films that you need to see. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> no, we, we can't uh, recommend it enough. Now, obviously, no film is perfect. This film, for me, it hit all the right notes. But we can't pass up the opportunity to talk about a few things that maybe we thought could have been changed thought could have been better. On on my side, when I came out of the film, I was speaking with Hannah, my wife, and we were trying to work out the case for the other side. Not that the film necessarily needed to go there, but it was perhaps, maybe this is something that we don't share, but it was perhaps a little bit too moralized a bit too righteous where it was just unequivocally factual morally factual as the film put it across that Catherine Gunn was the absolute hero and that Tony Blair and George Bush were the evil devils and I'm not saying that that isn't close to reality it's probably relatively close to reality to be honest and this is a politically charged film I mean they take a very clear stance on it all you know it's uh I, I wouldn't have minded through maybe discussion with other people, other friends of hers, m- maybe something to balance that out to kind of say, because there would have been reasons for why Bush and Blair did what they did. I disagree with what they did. I I don't think there's justifi- justification for ultimately, the, you know, what was in the leaked email, the blackmail and whatnot. But I would imagine that it came from a place of wanting to find some tangible reaction to 9-11 um, 
that they could then present to the people as, look, we're trying to sort it. Now, that's not justification for what they did. I, I would have just perhaps personally liked to have seen that discussion open up just a tiny bit in the film. Because, and this comes to a second critique, it does feel a tiny bit too straight line in that it's just like, you're with her the whole time. But maybe that that's part of the good good of it as well. Yeah. I'm scratching it. I'm scraping here because <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't really find much to be wrong with this film, to be honest. I mean, there was that one eccentric journalist who was maybe a bit too eccentric, but like, apart from that, like... The American one. I thought he was English. Well, he is, but he's a, he, he, he's a reserver. He's the American reporter for the Observer. Sorry, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, maybe, maybe you could have thought that like his performance was a bit cheap. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of what people could criticise about this film because I, I would say it's pretty solid. Yeah. I, like it's, it's pretty solid. <laughs> it is. I would say as a as a counterpoint to one of your criticisms okay. is the fact that the film it does follow Catherine Gunn's story. That's true. So you do yeah. see it from her point yeah, of view. So true. although it would be great to see the whole concept, obviously mm. no one knows the whole story of course, yeah. outside of the people who brought us into war mm-hmm. but we're telling the Catherine Gunn story yeah. I think we'd see the, the world and the war from her eyes yeah. from her moral standpoint the mm-hmm. film very clearly anti-war the film follows her decisions mm-hmm. and her aspects and her and her thoughts and the on impact the, on her and life the, and the impact yeah. on her life and it was a much more Catherine Gunn driven yeah. so whilst what you say is correct I I think the reasoning behind not involving that would be because it's following her story mm-hmm. not following it's not a film about going into war it's a film about Catherine Gunn mm-hmm. that, that one lady that one woman inside her life inside Britain doing what she thinks is right mm-hmm. for the wider population mm-hmm. um, yeah no I think that's a, that's a fair fair rebuttal and um, I'm just trying to think of potential things that people might have wrong with this because because it, it it's like I say it's just a it's a really solid piece of cinema. It's... My my one criticism okay. is at the end of the film they show you the real Catherine Gunn. Yeah. So you see that the her live okay. like BBC yeah, News. We'll say she doesn't get tried mm-hmm. for treason or the break of the official secret act, but it's like Article One Point One or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because inadvertently the government are and are not admitting that they what they did was illegal. They said we have no defence. Um, they want some documents we don't think the documents will, will give us any defence so we're letting her go basically like she's right we're wrong mm-hmm. bye yeah. um, and the BBC obviously interviewed her when she left in real life when she came out of court um, and they show you Catherine Gunn so my one criticism is why did Kim Knightley not have blonde hair because yeah. Catherine Gunn in the interview has blonde hair yeah. and in the entire film Kira keeps her natural hair which is brown yeah it's like, could you not have like dyed it or gotten a wig yeah. or something that made it look a bit more like Catherine Gunn? Especially because you show us Catherine Gunn at the end. Yeah. Like, I get she's obviously a different woman in real mm-hmm. life, but like she's playing a real person. Look as close as you can to the real person. Put you got the outfit right. They got the whole like pantsuit everything. You know, right. the, the, the kind of greyish blouse and the the salmon top. Mm-hmm. But not the hair. That's my one big criticism yeah. of the film, was you got the hair wrong. Fair enough. No, I, I, <laughs> we, we, we agree on this. The film is clearly committed to a realistic portrayal of the events. Mm-hmm. And so it would make sense for them to have, yeah, to have dyed her hair. 
it's a really simple thing to do, <laughs> particularly if you're you know with a film budget and whatnot. It could have been a very very just temporary thing, just dye you know dye hair blonde for the role, and then you know get rid of the dye. Yeah. Like it, it was a very very simple fix. But like you say, it's just a, a little kind of attention to the to detail thing. I'm yet to see anything about that decision. I it's not. It's not a big thing. It's not it's a big a personal, thing. It's like, qualm. Because I'm a semi-perfectionist. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it would have just been that little chair on the top where it... it it's yeah. equivalent to kind of, like, if, you know... Well, okay, it's not equivalent because Catherine Gunn and Abraham Lincoln are, are very differently historically <laughs> uh, significant characters. But it would be like watching Lincoln and then they just don't put in the effort with hair and makeup and he, yeah. they just have Daniel Day-Lewis there clean-shaven. Yeah. But obviously... With quite, the wrong accent. Yeah. Amazing. Quite different, given yeah. that... Yeah, Lincoln's a tiny bit more important, historically speaking, but... But so, uh, yeah. so something I want to criticize though okay. is some people reviewing this film yes. on IMDb. So, Let's switch <laughs> on to that. Let's talk about that. So this is the one thing we did talk about before the podcast. <laughs> Apart from me telling Paul to go to the film, was I sent him two IMDb reviews, and I'm I can't I'm not going to name names because I'm not on IMDb right now. Um, but I'm going to read their reviews, and this is how sad it makes me that people. Are watching this film. We should bark. call this like Abomination Corner or abomination. something. Like <laughs> Let's. We now turn to Abomination Corner. <laughs> Next up. Abominable reviews that we disagree with first. So this this one person and I, I can't. I don't know how they managed to do this. Clearly they weren't watching the right film. Gave this one out of ten. Unbelievable. Right. One out of ten, and I said sleeper, and I was like, what is going on? And this is this is one of the most boring films ever. Less Snowden and more Big Short. Almost unwatchable. I mean, it's nothing to do with, like, what? We here at Critics on the Bus uh, condemn such... Uh, this person should not be allowed in our account. If I had power, I would ban them from our yeah. DB. The, the, next, the next one, right below it, is three stars. Boring, so boring. Well, I should shout boring, but I'm not going to shout it. Because it's capitals. It says, no storyline. That's incorrect. Apart from people sitting around tables... Telling me things I could have re- read about Catherine Gunn in a one page article. I mean, it's not true. My sister and I walked out 10 minutes to the end of the film. Disgusting. So, before the climax, before you find out what happens to Catherine Gunn, so you couldn't even bother to. You... <clears throat> because it got it never got any better. I never thought that about a Kira movie. movie. I love her and all her movies up to now, but it was just so bland. We have theorized here that these two uh i I wouldn't call them critics i wouldn't do that (laughs) justice but um that these two individuals are probably hardcore michael bay Zack snyder fans (laughs) and they were hoping for more explosions and they were hoping for kira knightley and pirates of the caribbean type kira knightley and didn't get that and so went on to imdb and wind but let us assure you if you have stumbled across these abominations or anything like unto them do know that they are not true and go and see the film yourself make up your own mind but if you are a tasteful individual and if you're listening to this you probably are then you will (laughs) appreciate the good cinema that this film is yes Um, now we're not going to call out people all the time that's just because here when we give our reviews of the film in general that those reviews are so polar from the actual experience of the film mm-hmm. that we just have I just couldn't believe that it got so such like a, a harsh yeah. you know a three sentence discussion because the film is is way better than they portray it and 
as lovers of cinema, it's really important to showcase these fantastic films throughout there. Um, you can probably tell by the way we've been speaking what we actually think of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that we basically hair colour was our only real criticism, criticism of the film. <laughs> so you kind of guess what yeah. we we're going to say in the end. Do you remember what happens at the end? Yes. So are you talking about the very, very end? The very, very end. After we see real life Catherine Gunn yeah. after the trial... Oddly, we then cut to another scene in the film that isn't real life. Yeah. And instead of it just ending on that clip of her, we come to a clip of Ralph Fiennes' character. And Ralph Fiennes, for those who don't know, well, we know who he is, but he plays the lawyer that mm-hmm. represents Catherine Gunn in this case. Yes. So he, he, um, it's the lawyer who works for a, a law firm called Liberty. Yeah. Um, and they do humanitarian and civil rights often pro bono Mm -hmm. um, and he decides to represent Catherine against the state basically um, in her um, prosecution and then you have so he's on holiday down by the beach and then you have an actor whose name it's like Anthony something maybe but he plays um, he plays Anthony Eden in The Crown the Prime Minister just a bit of trivia for you there maybe we can uh, look this up and he goes to fish next to Ralph Fiennes' character. And he was on the opposition, was he? Like, the prosecutor? Yeah, he, so he prosecuted and charged right. Catherine. And they have this conversation where basically what happens is... is uh, have, we got, have we got a name? Uh, we have not got a name. Anyway, Anthony Eden, um, he... So Ralph Fiennes asks him, you know, why did it take so long? Why a year to... um, There he is. Jeremy Northam. Jeremy Northam is the name of the actor. And he's asked why they took a year to do all of the stuff that they took to do and and why they took so much time and why it was such an ugly case. And he responds, well, because we needed to make an example of her. And then Ralph Fiennes, in his beautiful bit of... uh, In a beautiful bit of dry acting then instructs him to go and go and fish somewhere else. Mm. Um, what did you think about that ending? Did you think it was an unnecessary tack on? No, actually. Okay, because I quite liked it. I, I th- yeah. I, I really, <laughs> and I think it's just sort of like, just sort of added there, just, it represents really the, the characters that were there. Like, yeah. you know, early in the film, Ralph finds his, he's on holiday again, and um, Jeremy's character... He comes along and he I need to speak about a case and he's like, well, I've joined the Crown Prosecution Service, so I kind of charge people um, under the big wig's name, I forget what his job title is. Um, <coughs> Do you work for the government? <laughs> <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Um, and you know, they, they talk about the case and Ralph Fiennes kind of, you know, basically comes up with the ace card mm-hmm. in in the end. And I just thought it was, it's just really kind of, it shows the, what's it called, the scope of, what, the magnitude. Yeah. It shows the magnitude of what she did. It's because it really showed who and who wasn't right. Yeah. Because this guy, you know, he used to be a lawyer and he now works for prosecution and he's basically like, well... We made her suffer. 
for a year under mental stress of being charged for treason trying to deport her husband overnight mm-hmm. um, all these different things just to make an example out of her so that we wouldn't lose face. It's so like nineteen eighty four, so like yeah. totalitarian, like <laughs> And like and like I don't I like I don't know whether that conversation actually happened, whether they spoke, because the the film is based on a book based on the real life events. Yeah. So I don't know whether you know it really happened, but just in the context of the film it, it shows you just like you could be a nice guy, but you could also just be really bad it's quite chilling Yo, yeah. you know and, and and of course this film shows the state as the enemy and for them basically to say like we just wanted to see you just wanted to make an example out of her because they did something wrong and they got caught with their hands in the cookie jar they you know made someone else suffer and i just like that it wasn't like an angry it was just like a just go away yeah Fish yeah, else. and it was it was quite a sedate, just sort of like it's almost showing how the people and the state separate. Yeah, you know how it's, this beautiful wide shot of the beach yeah. as well, and, and he's just standing there, and... standing there in a strong position. Yeah, and Jeremy's just picks his stuff up, and just walks away, and yeah. it, it's it's okay. in essence almost a beautiful beautiful symmetry of yeah. of Captain Gunn's situation against the government. Absolutely. And I just think it was subtle and fantastic. It's just just notched it on the end there, just, boop, you know. <laughs> and I, it's just fantastic. And I just think I just want to talk about it. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, because I forgot about that, and it's yeah. it's very relevant, and it it just is another example of how yeah. just well made and just how many great notes this this film hits. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now, uh, overall, the film itself, with regards to critics and and scores and so forth, it's it's doing generally pretty well. Yeah. It's nothing ex- exceptional, but it's I think it's eighty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Very respectable. It's a seven point three on IMDb, but that's a user score, and you have idiots like these guys, you know, giving it a one, giving it a three, and then its meta score I think is a sixty three, which sounds low. But as meta scores go, it's in the green. And if you're in the green on meta score, you know, critics can be very polarizing people. And, and for those who don't know, Metacritic is an amalgamation of lots of different critic reviews. And so if you're in the green, then that's generally a good sign. I, I have plenty of films that I really like, which are only barely in the 60s. And um, yeah, so overall, it's had a, a pretty decent reception from other critics. It's certainly getting a decent one from us. In summary of this film, I thought it was great. Really, really good. Like I said uh, throughout the podcast, fantastic story-driven film. Really focuses on the people, the consequences, the pains of making the moral choice, especially when you're alone. You know, no one else supports her in this. Um, there was that that kind of heart-wrenching scene when um, her friend from the GCHQ came and knocked on on the cafe where she was. Um, kind of with her husband and she's like I didn't do anything I'm sorry like you're so brave and I didn't do we all could have released that memo and none of us did and you did and that really just betrays how strong Catherine Gunn was and I thought the film was very um, yes it was very sedate but it was very focused mm-hmm. and I really liked that and it built the tension up fantastically towards the end um, building up and never really giving away 
whether or not she is going to because she could conceivably be committed for treason mm-hmm. she could like and so you you never know until the very until the sentence is given and and even in court they're just like she's guilty she's admitted it and the prosecution like yeah but mm-hmm. no and like even then people are still trying to take her down and, and it's just and it's, a, it's an incredible story and it really hit home that there are these heroes out there and the film is just encapsulates this this brave act which would go unforgotten which would go forgotten forgotten yes <laughs> um, had films like this not existed things I would never think about Catherine Gunn I had never heard of and I know for me and my wife I was interested in the film she was not she left the film blown away she was so glad she saw it it was late at night we were both tired we had a long week at work and not normally the film you'd see to wind down um, a tense political drama mm-hmm. um, but we left thinking just like wow that was incredible because the story is so gripping mm-hmm. and the performances even um, I loved Matt Smith's performance yeah, just very just you know just very journalist just very real yeah. it, the whole thing felt just super real mm-hmm. and and just you know tangible and, and it's like yeah this is great it, it, it reminded me of watching Spotlight or Iron the Sky two mm-hmm. fantastic real life films non-fictional mm-hmm. films and Gavin Hood just knocks another fantastic film out of the park and it's just these things that we should be aware of and I think the film just does it brilliantly it's just very sedate very story driven and it's fantastic I, I couldn't agree with you more and when it comes to my own summary I really just can't do anything but echo what you've said I've already said it twice but it's a solid piece of cinema it brings to awareness like you say a very important political issue it's just it's well done it's just a well done piece of cinema i i really had no qualms with it it's it's well made the actors and actresses in it do their jobs fantastically it's compelling it's believable and i really enjoyed it yeah i I really (laughs) enjoyed it I, i i really can't think of any major issues that i have with it and i would i would highly recommend it it's a good watch it will reignite your inner moral compass and it will have you looking up on the internet about Catherine Gunn and then maybe even looking into other political issues um it's a, it's it's just a very good awareness piece of cinema so, yeah uh, and like the thing thing about it is is like this film will do well through word of mouth yes um like with with the situation with you i came out of the film and i was like paul you need to see this film and you're like oh we'll try i'm like no 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 don't try and see this film there is no try go and see it because it is astounding mm-hmm. um, and we were me and, me and Ash were so ramped up after this film like you have to see this film we have mm-hmm. to talk about it I really want to say and get out to the world how amazing this film is and luckily you did and you were blown away mm-hmm. um, and so we hope or I hope anyway that this podcast will maybe make you think about going to see it during the week because it's how this film is going to make money because it's going to be unheard of it's going to just fly under the radar and no one's going to see it but it is so powerful it is there is just one final important um bit of information before we get to the scores Uh and i just I, i feel like perhaps one of the most important and um relevant and impressive things about Catherine gunn is where she studied (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's very important for our viewers to know that uh, she did her undergraduate degree at Durham University 
and she did postgraduate study at the University of Birmingham. <laughs> now, this happens to be incredibly relevant because I personally did undergraduate study at the University of Birmingham and I'm currently at Durham University. So <laughs> I think I might go to Cheltenham, work for GCHQ. My family yeah. live near Cheltenham. Right. Uh, and I will actively seek opportunities to whistleblow <laughs> and next thing you know we'll make another film and uh we will bring awareness to these two great institutions um the greater of the two obviously being Birmingham so uh mm-hmm. and like I mentioned at the beginning uh Tamsin Greig uh she also went to the University of Birmingham so it's just important to raise awareness for incredible institutions uh like we say this podcast is a charitable endeavour and <laughs> We're raising awareness for all sorts of things. So I just felt that's really important to insert. Right. Clarify something on the scoring here, because I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this idea of early and late. Right. Early and late are both negative, right? (laughs) Probably. Okay. Probably, yeah. So, because it was almost so, because when I thought early, I thought as in, like, if something was early, it would be between, like, say, like, if it was an early eight, that would be between, like, eight and 8.5, where, and then late... But like, but that doesn't quite work with bus no, terminology because no, that would be giving it more points for being late. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna keep this in the podcast so people can understand. Yes. What okay. So this is how it's gonna work. We go one, one to ten. Yeah. Uh, in integers, so just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then we can say that the bus wasn't on time or maybe was on time. Okay. And uh, so. If we're saying it it was on time, then it's like a good eight. Okay. And if we're saying it was on time, whether that's early or late, uh, that means that we're we're hesitant about maybe giving it an eight, but it, it gets an eight, or it's like a seven point nine, or you know what I mean. So like, maybe that's that's we can adjust this as we go along. Yeah. But, um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. So we'll give a number, and then whether it was on time or whether it wasn't on time. All right. With all that said, put a number on it. <sighs> Uh, this <sighs> it's tricky we also need to give examples maybe we'll have another another podcast where we give examples of certain what we deem to be classic films and what we would give them and certain rubbish films and what we would give them yeah. just so we can get like a, a bit of a barometer because yeah. I, I feel like I'm a bit I'm a bit off on because for this okay I'll, I'll just go I, I, I would I would say that this was like Somewhere between an eight and a nine for me, and mm-hmm. on time, mm-hmm. I would struggle to set on a on a score. The only issue is there's not much room above that in the scoring. And but the thing is, this film, it's fine. It was it, yeah, a, I know. It's a really good film. But then, what would we then say for something like the Lord of the Rings trilogy or the Dark Knight? You know, like like because those are just they they would have to be to be tens, which I'm fine with. I just this was very good. But was it that level uh, of masterpiece? You know what I mean? Like, right. it, like so. This is academic. Maybe we can go up to like eleven for like masterpieces or something. I would no. I would say this isn't. This is an eight. Okay, we'll go. But I would say it's an on time eight. Okay. The highest of eights. It was like the fancy new Wi-Fi enabled leather seat bus. USB. USB. Yeah, USB charging yeah. ports. 
It arrived perfect on time. There was plenty of seats. The driver smiled at you. The driver like, was yeah. super nice. Everything yeah. was running You perfectly. had the exact right amount yeah. of change. Like Yeah, there was a nice breeze. So it wasn't yeah. too hot. It wasn't Zero too cold. Zero traffic. Yep. Okay. Absolutely the best journey possible on yep. a bus. Think of the best bus journey you've had. And this was an eight of that. Cool. It's like 8.9. Like it was okay. like top, top end eight. Okay. That's what I'm going. That's strong. Really getting into the, the visual context of it. Okay. Movie. Because yes, this, this film had very few flaws great character i might actually you know what i'm i'm actually gonna say it i'm actually change it i'm gonna give it just just nine solid okay but that can be the difference between us you go you go all the way to nine but i'm 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 sticking with the with an on-time eight so i i i i just feel hesitant about about bridging that I, gap I, but hey yeah. we're not here because we agree on everything we're just here <laughs> no. because we agree on a lot of things no. so <laughs> wonderful well well, that's it. That's it. That is it. We've cut it. Go <laughs> watch the movie. Yes, it's a lot less shorter than last time, so. <laughs> yes, and with editing, it should hope to be shorter. We'll try and siphon these down. It's just we have so much to say. Yeah. We have so much to say. So if you've made time for this, and hopefully we'll try and make it available in a more uh, accessible format. We're working on that. We're working on that, technical issues. But if you have listened to this, we are very grateful for that. Please mm-hmm. go and see the film. Please tell your friends to go and see the film. We think it's a very, very good piece of cinema. And it should have more awareness than yes, it currently Yes, absolutely. We'll be back with another episode soon. Um, whether it's in a film or a film theories, we might go into the state of DC and the state of the MCU oh, we could have a, soon. A massive just kind of yeah, like, that's going to be a huge broadcast. Yeah. Don't worry. So there'll be plenty of things coming, not just films, also just theories and multiverses and all that kind of stuff. And in two months, Star Wars comes out. So yes. maybe we should do some rankings in a future podcast of Star Wars films yes. and discuss. Yes, there'll be a special. There'll be a special. Yeah. Let's, just, well, yeah. let's, that, let's commit ourselves to this now. Yeah. There'll be a special Star Wars episode yeah. before the film, going through all ten current films. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and then building up to the release of episode nine. The tickets go on sale tomorrow. In our when we're recording Exciting this, we're going to go see it at midnight. Dressed up, full dressed costume, up in costume, lightsabers in hand, lightsabers in hand, because we are that kind of people. Um, it's going to be exciting. Also, other side note, I just I, I, I felt like I had to do this. Just uh, we have to do this because I feel very strongly about this. But randomly, we also need to rank every incarnation of Spider Man that has ever happened because <laughs> I have a very strong opinion about the order of all of that, and I know that I'm right. So I feel like we need to we need to put that into it because there is a distinctive ranking of all of it. We're talking Amazing Spider Man. We're talking you know Tom Holland. We're talking Tobey Maguire. Like. All of that entire enterprise, there are clear, there's a very clear to me first, second, third, fourth, fifth, you know, so, um, and I'm soon. 100% certain I'm right about that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you are welcome for me enlightening that when that podcast does drop. So, right. Cool. Well, this is our stop. Yeah, this is our stop. <laughs> We're going to get off here and we'll see you for the next episode. See you in the next one. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.